New to the living healthy lifestyle or a healthy living veteran, this is your place for honest answers. Naturally Savvy with registered holistic nutritionist Andrea Donsky and health journalist Lisa Davis. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. Andrea, my wonderful co-host, is away today. All right, so we've talked a lot on the show about gut health. And you know why? Because it's super important. And we want to feed the bacteria we have for better health. We want to use fiber and prebiotics and plants and flavanols and all that good stuff. And here to talk about it is the wonderful Desiree Nielsen. She's a registered dietitian based in Vancouver, British Columbia. She runs a nutrition consulting practice with a focus on inflammation, digestion, and plant-centered diets. She is also the co-founder of My Healthy Gut, an innovative and research-backed iOS app for digestive health. So talk about gut health. We, <clears throat> Excuse me, we've got our gal. Hi, Desiree. <laughs> Hello, Lisa. <laughs> I don't know what's happening to my voice, um, but I, we are always so happy to have you here on the program. So let's. I want to know first how you got into healthy living before we jump into all this great stuff about feeding our uh, bacteria for better health. You know, the funny thing was is that it wasn't really it wasn't really a conscious thing, and I, I was always interested in science, and I was actually as a teenager really interested in genetic science. Um, but I, I met someone in high school and became a vegetarian. And I think it was the first time I started thinking about making any sort of conscious thought about what you eat or how you live. And that really just cracked open the door. But, you know, in that time, I read this book by Dr. Andrew Weil, who's really like the godfather of integrative medicine. And I read his book, Eight Weeks to Optimal Health. And it just, for some reason, it was like the, the coming to. I was like, oh my gosh, like just this, <laughs> these incredible ideas about simple ways that we could live our lives differently that would have a really deep and meaningful impact on our health. And then then I was as good as done. You know, it, it really cemented my future and just wanting to learn as much as I could about health and particularly how food drove health um, and then just trying to share what I learned with other people. Oh, that is so cool. So how long have you been a vegetarian for? I have been a vegetarian now, give away my age, but I think it's coming on 20 years. So it's, oh, wow. yeah, it's been a long cool. time. Now, you know, it's funny because when I think of gut health, I'm a big fan of bone broth. Now, what do you say about that? Do you think that is good for people who aren't vegetarians or is it tough to recommend it because you are? I'm just curious how you see it because I love it. Yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> the I always bed, find you know. that, that so often so many of these things are really like the accessories to better health. Mm -hmm. And so sure. um, because I am vegetarian, I don't tend to recommend bone broth um, because I think there are other things that you can do that also support the integrity of the gut barrier. So if someone finds that bone broth feels really soothing and really fortifying to them and they're not vegetarian, go for it. Um, I haven't seen an overwhelming amount of evidence for me to say in my practice that I really need to recommend it. So I'll work with things like L-glutamine and fermented foods and probiotics um, in place of making a bone broth recommendation. Oh, that's good advice. Talk to us about the, what is, uh, for people who don't know, L-glutamine and, and some of the other things that you met, that you recommend. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, the foundation of a, of a gut healthy diet 
is really eating as much plant fibers as you possibly can. So, you know, all of the other stuff is accessory. You need to get a ton of legumes and fruits and vegetables so that you have the fiber that those beneficial bacteria need to ferment and survive. But then things like L-glutamine, L-glutamine is this amino acid, which isn't found uh, in a lot of plant foods. Cabbage is a really unique source, um, which means I love kimchi and sauerkraut because then you're getting these fermented, you know, L-glutamine-rich veggies. Um, But L-glutamine is an amino acid that is a primary substrate for the gut cell. So that amino acid really drives gut cell metabolism and building and repair. So for people with uh, issues with their gut barrier, it's a really good, you can get it supplementally too. It's a really good thing to include in your diet. You know, I was about to ask about that. Tell us about taking it supplementally. Like how often do you have a specific brand you like or what we should look for when, you know, shopping and what it should say on the label, maybe what it shouldn't say on the label. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the evidence is mixed and there's mixed evidence depending on the digestive health concern you have. Like a good example is Crohn's and colitis. Even though theoretically L-glutamine should be really great, there's not a ton of research to support its use. Um, but if you want to use it for IBS and leaky gut, for example, I prefer powders. And the reason why is whenever you encapsulate something, you can only make the capsules so big, so you can only fit so much of the good stuff in there. And typically, I like to recommend between 5 and 10 grams of L-glutamine a day. You take, um, you take half in the morning and half at night. And so you really need a powder so you can get that amount without having to swallow gazillions of pills. Yes. And if you're eating your kimchi regularly, would you say... Uh, or sauerkraut, do you still need the supplement? Or does it depend on the amount of sauerkraut or kimchi you're eating? It depends on where you are in your health picture. So Mm. to get L-glutamine as part of a pro-gut health diet from, you know, kimchi and sauerkraut is awesome. But when you're in a more chronic or critical state, you really do need the amounts of supplemental um, L-glutamine provides. And I think that's that's always the difference. Like I'm such a huge believer that food is medicine, but it's gradual incremental medicine, you know? So just like, you know, broccoli, we know that broccoli has these really potent compounds that help you to prevent cancer in the context of a healthy diet. You can't sit down to a plate of broccoli and cure yourself overnight. And so it's the same thing with fermented foods and, and the nutrients that they contain. You know, when you're trying to promote gut health, eating those fermented foods is amazing as part of that positive pressure with all of your veggies and your omega-3s and all of that. But when you really need help, that's when you go to something like a probiotic because that's concentrating what is found in nature to a place where it can actually get supplemental and beneficial in a far shorter time span. Well, here on Naturally Savvy, we always recommend BioK Plus. And of course, you're, they are sponsoring this month, which is so great. It's why we're here. And uh, we yeah. love them because they really, you know a lot about them. I mean, anything you want to share, Desiree, because again, we are talking about gut health and probiotics is such a great way to start. What makes BioK Plus so special? 
You know, for me, I feel really privileged to work with them because it's one of those products that's just, it's the real deal. When people try it and they see how much better they feel, they're like, wow, like I can't believe it. Um, But what really sets BioK apart for me, particularly their fresh formula, is that it's the best of both worlds. Because I'm such a believer in fermented foods, it is a living fermented food, but manufactured with clinical rigor. So you have a guaranteed minimum 50 billion live active cells that have undergone human trials. So we know how they work. We know that they work. So you get to consume that fermented food, but in a way that's really, really proven and therapeutic. And so for me, it's just, it's the bee's knees. No, I love that expression. Now I was looking <laughs> on the website and they have a vegan mango that I want to try. Would you say uh, if you can do dairy, is it better to do the regular uh, original or does it matter? I mean, are they, how would you compare the two? You know, what's awesome with BioK is the depth of research and development they go into for all their products is that it truly doesn't matter. They create the substrate or the, the liquid substance of the fresh BioK to maximize the growth and the health of those bacteria. So whether you choose dairy or whether you choose one of the vegan options, and there's a, a new um, fermented pea and hemp protein one coming down the pipe uh, very shortly. Both of those options still create very, very healthy bacteria, and you just need to choose the one that suits your dietary needs. Oh, cool. You know, earlier you were saying, you know, if you're in a critical critical place with your with your digestive health, do people, this might sound like a dumb question, but do people always know? I mean, could you have stuff going on, but you're not really feeling like you're asymptomatic, but you're a total mess and you're getting sick a lot because your immune system is weak because your gut health is poor? Or do you think there's usually like some sort of pain or diarrhea or, you know, bloating or something like that or a combination? You know- You know, particularly when your symptoms are very much centered in the gut, it's usually fairly Mm -hmm. obvious. But I say usually because not everyone is, A, as in touch with their body as others. You know, some people are like, oh, I really feel different today. And they kind of, they know what it means to be in balance and know what it means to feel out of balance. And other people, sometimes they've just had the unfortunate place of feeling so unwell for so long that they don't realize that they could feel so much better. And so there's always a little bit of that going on. But I think in terms of gut health, because because the gut is not just digestion, which is amazing on its own, but it's yes. the intersection of nervous system health and immune system health. I think exactly what you said is true. You could actually have something going on with your gut, particularly when it comes to gut barrier dysfunction. So the idea that the gut is supposed to protect you from the outside world and that barrier can falter, or you can have an imbalance in gut bacteria that may not feel like classic digestive symptoms. It could be arthritis pain. It could be significant fatigue. It could be that your immune system is awry and you're just like, I'm getting sick all the time. What's going on? Um, So, you know, our, our learning about how connected gut health is to overall health means that it's not necessarily the gut that's 100% end-all, be-all, but that it now always needs to be considered when you're dealing with a concern you would typically think of being not connected to gut health. 
And talk to us about leaky gut, because this is something we hear a lot about. And that, because uh, I was diagnosed with that years ago, but that they say that can lead to food sensitivities, which I do have. And it's gotten better mm. and worse over the years, but uh, I, I I stick to just pretty much whole foods. <laughs> I pretty, I'm fine. Yeah, with, if something's super is, processed, know, I'm not. So I'm like, why not just stick with this, right? <laughs> and that's, I mean, and, and whole foods, the more we all move to a whole food and more plant-centered diet, the better for all yes. of us. But it's, you know, leaky gut has been a really trendy thing to talk about. And I think it can get really over, I mean, as with all things, really oversimplified on the internet, but... Mm. What, yes. The first thing people need to understand to understand leaky gut is what I mentioned before, is that even though you don't see your gut, so you think of it as being inside your body, technically yes. your gut is continuous with the outside world, right? Like there's an entrance and there's an exit, and that's okay. continuous with the outside world. So to your body, everything that's quote-unquote inside your gut is technically outside. And so it's trying to, with the gut, absorb the things you need, all those nutrients that you need from your food, and yet keep out things that could make you sick, you know, certain, you know, toxic or potentially harmful compounds, bacteria, because you're, the inside of your body is actually sterile. Um, so sometimes, though, that barrier, because the gut barrier is so delicate, it's not like our skin with like these massive multi-layers that are very thick. Your gut barrier is pretty delicate, and through inflammation, through infection with the wrong kind of bacteria in your gut, the, the integrity of that barrier, the connection that those gut cells have to each other, they can literally become kind of leaky, which means all of that rich immune tissue that's just underneath that gut barrier gets exposed to things it's not used to seeing, and then it turns on an immune response, namely inflammation, that can kind of, you know, start this whole downward spiral. But it's true what you mentioned. It can open yourself up to food sensitivities because if you have partially digested food in the gut, which depending where along the gut is totally reasonable, now your immune system seeing it is like, hey, I've never seen that before. You must be bad. And it tags it as bad. And then all of a sudden you're reacting to a food you never used to before. Yes, it's very frustrating. Do you work with clients around that? I do. Um, you know, digestive health is such a huge part of my practice and food sensitivity and intolerance, IBS, all the way through to the more classical concerns like Crohn's and ulcerative colitis. It is a big part of what I do. And, you know, you need to give the body time, sometimes removal of certain foods for at least a little while so the body can calm down, that immune response can calm down is really yep. important. But then you do also have to take care of that gut barrier. That's when the L-glutamine comes in. That's when the probiotics come in to help lower inflammation in the gut. And what are other things we can do? I know you also mentioned eating lots of plant-based foods. Um, you mentioned the L-glutamine. We talked about the probiotics. The prebiotics are things that are found in the vegetables, correct? Yes. And, you know, this is one of the things, like, as a dietitian, you know, my education was focused on the components of food and how they affect the human body. And what is so fun and so fascinating for me right now is that given how important our gut bacteria are to our overall health, I now have to think about not just the nutrients and what you digest and absorb, but what remains in the gut. 
and what feeds the bacteria and which the good bacteria, the not so good bacteria, and how they impact your health. And so prebiotics are really interesting. Um, and there's a ton of research. There's, people are actually surprised how much research there is to say if you consume enough prebiotics or food for the probiotics, um, you can actually improve your gut health. The challenge with that is we, we tend to instantly think of supplements, but you need to consume so much prebiotic supplement, like between 5 and 20 grams a day, it would cause wow. significant digestive distress for most people. Yes. Yes. So you're yeah. like, that's, you and, know, I mean, I eat a big salad every day, but, you know, I don't want to eat like 12 big salads every day and plus supplements. Well, and, <laughs> and you don't want to go to the, you know, the pharmacy and buy Benefiber and take like 20 grams worth of it, which is crazy. Exactly. And so for me, I do like... Yes. I take a way more whole diet approach, a way more holistic approach because that's great. Prebiotics are found in foods like sunchokes, asparagus, but there's also a whole bunch of other components that aren't pre- traditionally prebiotic in foods, like regular old fibers, like insoluble fiber, soluble fiber, even resistant starches. Like if you cook potatoes and then chill them in the fridge, those starches become a little bit harder to digest. And because you don't digest them as well, they actually feed beneficial bacteria. So for me, I always counsel that if you're getting a really wide variety of plant foods, you're going to get not just prebiotics, but all the fibers, all the resistant starches, that whole kind of like package to help foster better gut health. Oh, you know, I love those little like red skinned or yellow skinned potatoes, but I rarely eat them. But I think I'm going to make them now put them in the oven and cook them and then cool them, you're saying, and then eat them cold, like in a cold salad, maybe with some olive oil and some spices or something. And then that's better for me and everybody listening. (laughs) Well, and you know, potatoes get such a bad rap. And I've got to say, I really love particularly those small waxy potatoes. Um, Mm, What's so cool and complex about these plants is that even potatoes have very different like chemical makeup. So those big flowery russet potatoes, really yeah. rapidly digested, can really spike blood sugars. But those small new potatoes have a totally different starch structure. They affect your blood sugars differently, but then they also have this potential, you know, you typically eat them with the skin, whereas you don't the big yeah. guys. So you're getting those fibers and nutrients in the skin. And then, yes, if you cool them, you have these resistant starches. So there's other cool benefit to them. Yeah. What are some other resistant starches? Um, one of the most classic is bananas. So, and bananas mm. are really interesting because we typically buy them un- underripe. When they're underripe, um, you can taste them. If you bite into it, they have a starchier almost, they kind of dry your mouth, that sensation. Those kind of bananas have more resistant starches. So they'll impact your gut health in one way. But then as the bananas ripen, um, they develop more soluble fiber, which is also a really beautiful fiber for your gut too. It forms a gel in the gut. It helps to bind things that your body needs to carry out so they don't get absorbed into the circulation, things like bile salt, so that it helps to lower cholesterol. But those soluble fibers also have a beneficial impact on the bacteria in your gut. So it's, you can, if you like them a little bit underripe, awesome. If you love them really ripe, it's 
also really good for you, but just in a slightly different way. Oh, you know, I wish I, it's, it's like the one food. Well, that and mayonnaise, but I don't really count mayonnaise as a food, but <laughs> I don't like <laughs> I wish I don't even like banana bread. I don't like anything with banana. So I'm going to stick with those new potatoes. And then you mentioned asparagus too, but that's not a resistant starch. That's the prebiotic. That is the prebiotic. Yes. Okay. And All you right. know, so we want the... to get our, oh, go ahead. No. So, you know, they're the prebiotic, but sunchokes are one of the best. If you're really into pushing the prebiotic agenda in your diet, uh, you know, we're sure. heading into the cooler months and sunchokes or Jerusalem artichokes make beautiful silky soups and they're delicious roasted and, and they've got all that great inulin in them. Okay. So I don't even know what a sunchoke is. I've heard of it. It's an artichoke or is it, is a Jerusalem artichoke a different type of artichoke than like the big artichoke where you take the things off and people dip them in stuff and use your teeth to go, you know, I love those. (laughs) Sunchokes and Jerusalem artichokes are the same thing. And I don't know. I honestly don't know why they call them Jerusalem artichokes because they're a tuber. They're, they're more closely related to a potato and I, and they're brown and knobby. And I would almost say, they sort of look like a cross between a potato and ginger. The idea that that skin is very oh, smooth, really? like ginger, but they are brown, uh, like the skin is brown and the inside is white. And the texture is probably somewhere, it's a little bit more crisp. Like if you were to consume it raw, which you don't typically, but it's a little yeah. bit like a crisp potato, but then beautiful. They soften beautifully when roasted. And like I said, they they make an amazing soup because you, you puree them, and all of that fiber makes for a really beautiful body in the soup. And they are known for their inulin content, so they're prebiotic. They're really high prebiotic food. Now, what about the type of artichoke I was talking about? The type that has the heart, but you have to eat you know eat the outside first, and it's really yummy. But you just like use your teeth to get the stuff off of it. Well, because that's something else, right? <laughs> Yeah, there, it is something else, but uh, they're also incredibly healthy for you. Um, oh, good. You know, yeah, I know it's all, and I think this is the thing is we always like, we love to do our superfoods. All plant foods are so incredible for you. They're all super. <laughs> they are. I mean, really, that's the idea. It's like all plant yeah. foods are super. Full stop. They are super. That is good. Well, Desiree, it's always so much fun having you here on the program. I love your passion for what you're doing. And I, like I said, we love BioK Plus. And I can't wait to uh, try that mango one. And uh, I want to actually try the vanilla one as well. Now, do so the prebiotics, is that something you can buy as well? Or is that something that you just get from the vegetables or the resistant starches? My my favorite thing is to go right from the source because when you're eating a whole food, you get not just the prebiotics, but all of the other nutrients that whole food contains. But you can actually yes. buy prebiotic powder. I find, you know, what we're starting to see now is some probiotics that also have like a little bit of prebiotic in them, but it's nowhere near enough to have an impact. So you're far better off just getting your probiotic. And then if you want to eat a little bit more prebiotic, you can, like I said, it's it's most commonly available as Benefiber. So Benefiber is pure oh, okay. inulin. It's just a, at uh, drugstores and pharmacies. And you can, you can experiment with a little, but I say go slow because it can really cause like a lot of gurgling and a lot of like interesting stuff happening in the gut. And if you have more gut uh-huh. health issues, 
it can actually, for someone with IBS, for example, it's way, way too strong. Now, what about psyllium husk for somebody with IBS? Is that too strong as well or just somebody who's trying to get more fiber? I love ground psyllium. It is one of the things that, you know, if you give it to the right person, they think you're a genius. <laughs> this stuff changed my <laughs> life and it's inexpensive. You know, I've actually had people where between psyllium and BioK and very few, if any, other changes, it really, really changed their digestion and elimination um, because psyllium is a soluble fiber. So it forms that gel. So many yes. people with gut health issues, if they eat a lot of insoluble fiber, like wheat bran, for example, it actually causes a lot of distress. And psyllium often doesn't cause distress, but it has the amazing capacity to help people if they're a little bit constipated, but also help people if they have the opposite problem. It's a really wonderful balancer and moderator. I mean, more fiber is always good, yes. but psyllium can really work wonders in the right person. Oh, I'm so glad it. you said that because my husband takes psyllium every day. And uh, he just puts it in a smoothie. <laughs> doesn't always make it taste great, but he just pounds it down. But it's so nice to hear because I'm like, oh, gosh, what if she says she hates psyllium when <laughs> my husband takes it all the it time? It is the best. Desiree. And it's it, so old school. Oh, I'm so glad. Yes, exactly. I like old school. I like old school music, old school style. So this is good. Well, Desiree, tell us all the ways we can learn about you and BioK+. Well, if you want to learn more about BioK+, their website, and there's so much great information and an awesome blog, uh, is biokplus.com. And then if you want to learn more about me and my resources on inflammation and gut health, my website is DesireeRD.com, and I'm at DesireeRD on Twitter and Facebook. Oh, wonderful. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to Naturally Savvy Radio. Andrea will be back next time. We always miss her. And you can check us out online. You can go on Twitter at Naturally Savvy, at Radio MD, at Andrea Donsky, and at Health Media Gal One. Check us out on Radio MD anytime. Lots of great archive shows. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeart, TuneIn. We're all over the place. So enjoy and stay well. <music> 